When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Listening to Anita Marks. David Sampson. Baseball's so hard, and we need to see whether these players know how to fail because the best, most successful players are the ones who understand how much failure there's going to be. And I haven't seen anything out of Volpe to indicate that he has lost anything in terms of the evaluation that was put upon him two months ago. It's not like this is a Yankees team that they're at the bottom of the barrel and they're 10 games out of first. And, and I don't know even if that was the case, if it would change the mindset and how Cashman and Booney are handling Volpe right now. And at the end of the day, he's not the, like, he's not the only reason why this team is losing. So so let's let's keep that in mind as well. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. That would be me, Anita Marks, with you. Hour two, actually, hour three, if you tuned in to our golf show on the tee that kicks off every Sunday morning at 8 a.m., getting you ready for, uh, for the final round of the memorial taking place out there in Ohio. I was on Patrick Cantlay uh, prior to the tournament, and I'm going to double down on him today as well. Feel pretty confident uh, that he's going to uh, win this bad boy at the end of the day. We'll see what happens. All right, uh, we're switching our gears, talking all things NBA as we get ready for Game Two of uh, of the NBA Finals. Looking back to Game One, uh, how did it all unfold? Well, Denver won one hundred four to ninety three, so they covered. That was minus eight and a half, minus nine in some places. At the half, 59 to 44, so they covered. Uh, that half was minus five, minus five and a half in some places, so that covered. So winner, winner, chicken dinner. Now I'm playing with house money. And the under hit at 219. <clears throat> Odds makers now have adjusted. It's down to 215 and a half. Not sure if I'm going to play that uh, tonight, but um, I'm definitely going to lay the points with Denver yet again. <clears throat> That's minus nine. And I'm definitely going to play them at the half. And I want to say now that's up to either minus five and a half or minus six in some places. Uh, Denver, here's why. Uh, Denver shot 50% from the field. The Heat shot 40%. Uh, From behind the arc, Denver was eight of 27, which means they were only 29.6%. Very uncharacteristic. This is a Denver Nuggets team. They're just so good from behind the arc. So I, I do believe that they will improve in that stat, in that category. 16 of 20 from the free throw line. Meanwhile, the Heat, three-point attempts, 39. They hit 13, so they were 33%. But here's the thing. Denver has allowed uh, fewer than 10 three-pointers per game this postseason, and they've allowed the third-fewest three-pointers in the regular season. So I think that statistic is going to change. Uh, and, And keep in mind, this is with the Denver Nuggets already covering the spread and covering in the half, and did not exceed expectation in regard to the three-point shooting. And I expect them to do better offensively with three-point shooting. I expect them to do better defensively against the Heat with three-point shooting. Also, the Heat only got to the free-throw line twice. They were 2 of 2. Meanwhile, Denver 16 of 20. So uh, the Heat have to be a lot more aggressive. But this is a Denver Nuggets team. They just don't foul much. It's not what they do. 
So there's that. Turnovers, uh, kind of around the same. Uh, the Heat had eight turnovers. Uh, Denver had 10. Uh, Denver led by 24 points at one point in time. The Heat only led by one for only 34 seconds. For only 34 seconds. So marinate in that for a minute. As I said, Nick Friedel, we're going to hear from him each and every week. I host a, uh, a bet digital show on ESPN+. Plus. So this Friday, I hosted, I had Nick Friedel and Ohm Youngman Souk on, on with me. Nick is overseeing all that goes down with the Miami Heat. Ohm is overseeing all that goes down with Denver. So we're going to hear from both of them. But first, we're going to hear from Nick. Um, and my first question to him, obviously, coming into tonight's game, is what is the status with Tyler Hero? Uh, obviously, they're going to need him. The supporting cast did not do well. No bueno. Ma, you've got Caleb Martin, Max Struss, as well as Duncan Robinson combined for only six points. They went two of 23. So if ever there was a time that Tyler would come back, it's now. They're going to need him. What is the latest? Let's listen in from Nick Friedel. He continues getting work in as we speak, Anita. The Heat are hopeful. And as was reported, there is a chance for game two. But it feels like whether it's Sunday night or in game three, he will be back very soon. The question is, what happens when he does come back? Does he come off the bench? How many minutes does Spolstra want to use him given that he's been off so long? Either way, he gives that group an offensive burst that they don't have right now and they need to take some pressure off of Jimmy Butler and company. Let's talk about Bam Adebayo because nobody was expecting him to have the game that he had last night, that's for sure. 26 points, 13 rebounds. His point prop right now heading to game two is 18 and a half. What are your expectations for Bam in game two, Nick? Anita, I would lean, I would lean on the under there. We've watched Bam a lot. The, the Nuggets were giving him all the space he wanted to create offensively. That is not something that we're used to seeing Bam do consistently. We know he's got the talent, but there's way too many times where Bam goes through games and you're not sure where he is offensively. Defensively, they need him to be the anchor. He showed glimpses against Jokic, but Jokic is just awesome. Offensively, I'd look for Butler to be more aggressive and for Bam to take the back seat that we're used to seeing. Yeah, Butler needs to be more aggressive. Let's talk about the role players, right? You got Caleb Martin, Strauss, Duncan Robinson, like all three of these guys just were so great in that Boston Celtics series. But last night, they combined for only six points. They were 2 of 23 from the field. Oh, they stunk up the joint. How, how does Spolstra, how do they get them back on track? How, do they get, how does he help them find their groove for game two? Anita, I thought Spolstra had a good line. He said, those guys aren't going to get seasick. <laughs> we know what they can give us when they get into rhythm. And when you talk to Max Struess last night in that locker room, he was saying the same thing as so many of those guys after game six against the Celtics in Miami. Let's play right now. He knows he was bad. He doesn't need the reminder. They're sitting there watching film now. But those guys have to hit the shots to create the space for Butler to get back to the rim. So it did feel a little like the clock hit midnight for all those guys that were on the periphery, all those guys who had all those shots up until this point, they expect to be better. Spolstra does too. The Heat still have confidence in all that group. Nick, as you mentioned, Jimmy Butler played 38 minutes, 13 points with 6 of 14, which was really shocking to me is how little this team went to the free throw line. You and I have been talking about it all season. Uh, Jimmy Buckets is, is a magician in regard to how often he's able to get to the free throw line. 
What does Jimmy need to do to rebound for game two? Go to the rim. Anita, they went twice. They went twice to the line. Jimmy's got to be more aggressive. He knows it. He knows he sets the tone. But I tell you this, you and I have watched this team closely now for over a month. Jimmy just looks tired to me. And when that starts to happen and the minutes pile up, you start to wonder what else does he have left in the tank? They were so good in game seven in Boston. I know these next couple days will help them. But with Jimmy, he has played so many minutes. He's going to try to get to the line early and often. If that doesn't happen, that is a big, big concern for Miami. So again, Nick Friedel, uh giving us the insight in regard to the Miami Heat heading into tonight's Game 2. Jimmy Butler, the point total, 26.5. It was 25.5. It's gone up to 26.5. It was 28.5 in Game 1. I'm still playing the under here, and you could get the under Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets, under Buckets at 26.5 at minus 120. And uh, I want to look at uh, some of the, uh, the the player combos here. And looking at Bam uh, in regard to uh, points and rebound, Bam Adebayo over under 27.5 points and rebounds combined. I'm going to go over here tonight, over 27.5. Uh, they just, <laughs> they need him. They need him more than ever. And so, uh, you know, listen, I, I don't I don't have a lot of faith in him in regard to defending Jokic. Who, who, who can defend Jokic? Great. Really no one. But 26 points, 13 rebounds. Not sure if he's going to have that stellar of a night. But I do believe that Bam Adebayo is going to go over his points and rebound, uh, points and rebound total at 27 and a half. So those are the two prop bets that I'm playing on the Miami side heading into tonight's matchup. Uh, When we come back, let's play a little click or don't click, a fun way we take our tour around our wide, wide world of sport here at 10.15 a.m. on this Sunday morning. Our producers, uh, Harvey and Joe, will lead the way when we get back right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7. 
ESPN. This is Click, 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 or Don't. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? All right, it's time for a little click or don't click, a fun way. We take our tour around our wide, wide world of sport. We find out what is trending based on the headlines. Uh, and if they are intriguing, then we say, yeah, let's click lock. Let's see what's going on. Uh, our producers always lead the way. We've got Harvey and Joe today. Gentlemen, what you got? All right, we'll start off in the NBA with some head coaching news. Recently, Frank Vogel was now the new Phoenix Suns head coach, and he has a mm. new top t- uh, new top assistant with the highest salary in NBA history for an assistant coach. So yes, I'm going to click that. Um, I I want to I want to read more about it because you know now there's uh, you know with with KD there, and we saw what Booker was able to do. The two of them, I'm really curious. Like you know, Aiton is expected to get traded. Chris Paul expected to get like what this. A few things. Number one, what the Suns team is going to look like, stock up, stock down, heading in. I don't think this is a year that you could punt, where I think the 76ers are going to punt on this season. I don't think, you know, based on everything you gave up for KD, I, I just, I, I don't think you punt here. And um, so I'm, I'm really curious how this roster is going to look, what moves they're going to make, what trades they're going to make. And... um and, you know, is Vogel the guy? I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like it's not just the NBA guys, but I feel like every league, it's just, it's a bunch of retread. Like, like no, nobody new is, is really getting a lot of opportunity. Don't you feel that way? And, and again, I, I'm not throwing NBA, the NBA under the bus. I think it's, it's just, it's across the board. I think, I think owners and general managers are scared to hire the unknown and taking that risk and taking that chance. Even though, you know, you, you bring in somebody who's failed somewhere else before. I would definitely say that's the case with championship level contenders, especially like you mentioned with, with the Suns going all in with Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker. And now with Vogel, I mean, he made it work with Anthony Davis and LeBron James in the bubble. So maybe he can strike some of that magic in Phoenix as well. And, that head, uh, the assistant coach, by the way, is Kevin Young, who is an assistant coach under Monty Williams. He's staying with the organization now in a more prominent role and getting, oh, by the way, $2 million annually, becoming the highest paid assistant coach. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, um, more so, to me, for me, more so because, because this team is going to – uh, live or die, succeed or fail based on Katie and, and, and Devin Booker. I'm just curious, you know, what's the surrounding, what's the supporting cast uh, that they're going to be able to bring in this season? Uh, to me, that's more important uh, than, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of coaches out there have success and win because they've got, they, you know, what coach is, the Suns are going to make it to the postseason with Katie and Devin Booker, of course, if, if they stay healthy, right? So, um, to me, it's, it's, I'm more intrigued and I think it's more important in regard to, to, to figure out like what's the supporting cast going to be with those two guys as, as opposed to the head coach. Just my two cents. What else do you guys have? You know, I have one here and because uh, you kind of uh, got on me about my family and me being negative I, nine years old on about first Brewers Day or days I, off. I didn't get on your family. I'm just, I'm like, 
it's just, it's a realization for me that I'm working with two gentlemen who weren't even born yet when Ferris Bueller debuted. Like that's like, that's like, that's a, that's a realization for me. I didn't get on your family, Harvey. You ran to break. Because I had to marinate in that for a minute. Well, I'm going to flip it on you. And because I thought Mama Mimi for this one, would Dalvin okay. Cook be a good fit with the Dolphins? Um. So so I know, I know where you're going with this because uh, reports are... Hold on one second. I, I just want to call up what the... Um, what the Dolphins uh, depth chart looks like right now. Uh, so, so folks out there uh, yesterday um, reports out there is that Dalvin cook uh, is going to more than likely be released from, um, from the Minnesota Vikings, which I find really, really interesting. As I said, I ended the show yesterday on this, that uh, the Detroit lions right now, plus plus one thirty to win that division, the uh, NFC North, I would jump on that right now. I think that line will move. Uh, not tremendously, but somewhat. Maybe it, drum, it, it drops down to like plus 110 uh, with the news once, if and once, uh, Dalvin Cook is released from the Minnesota Vikings. But nonetheless, all right, guys, so here's their running back. Uh, they have Mostert. They have Jeff Wilson. They have Miles Gaskin. Uh, you know, th- they have a pretty, I mean, that's a nice one-two punch with Mostert and, and Jeff Wilson, especially Jeff, Jeff Wilson utilized big time in the passing attack. Uh, and then they have Gaskin, who's uh, their fourth. Um, I mean, obviously, look, they got Tyreek Hill. They got Jalen Waddell. They got Cedric Wilson. Um, you know what I mean? They've, they've, they've got a, a ton of talent. Obviously, it, one would argue uh, the, the best one-two punch in regard to receivers in, in the NFL. You add Cook to that mix. Boy, that makes the uh, that makes the AFC East really really interesting, but I mean they've got they've here's the thing they've already got a nice one two punch with Mostert and 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 Jeff Wilson wouldn't you say I do I think so I like their running back group he's all Cook is also twenty seven he's gonna he probably take a pay cut to make the team and the Dolphins finished twenty fifth in rushing last year. Cook did go to to Florida State when he was at university, so there's mm-hmm. that link. But like you said, I like the running back room too. Mike McDaniel is it Mike McDaniel the head coach's name? Um, he put most of the blame on himself for not getting the rushing attack going last year. But like you said, the running back room is nice. If they somehow add Cook, maybe they can push the Jets. And the Bills for the division. It's such a tough division as well. I don't know if, if pushing your chips to the middle of the table for a running back, um, even though he's great, is what's going to put you over the top to possibly win the, the East. I just I, and again, I like I don't I don't have I don't have their numbers in front of me. Like you know what what would they need? To, like could they even could they even afford? Um, could they afford him? Listen. Here's the thing, Davin Cook, he is, he is such a vital part, which I find really interesting, right? Like, he's a vital part of the Minnesota Vikings offensive game plan, not to take anything away from Justin Jefferson, who obviously, and they went out and they drafted another wide receiver to, to, uh, to you know, align with Jefferson, and I, I think they're going to be really pass-happy this year. Actually, uh, let me do this. I want to see, like, so they let, 
I want to see the depth chart for Minnesota uh, in regard to um, their running back situation. So uh, they have Alexander Madison, who whenever Cook has been out, Madison has stepped in admirably. He's been done well. He's done well. Uh, Ty Chandler and then Dwayne McBride. Uh, then again, they, they drafted Jordan Addison from USC. So you got Addison and Jefferson one, two punch with K, uh, KJ Osborne. Of course they have TJ Hawkinson. Boy, uh, let me tell you something. If there's a wager you want to put out right now, uh, Kirk Cousins over passing yards, boy, especially if they let Dalvin Cook go. Oh man, they're going to pass the ball a lot with TJ Hawkinson, uh, KJ Osborne, Addison and Justin Jefferson. Whew. Watch out. That's going to be interesting. I wonder what the uh, I'm, I'm gonna look right now and see if those are out. The over under in regard to passing yards for uh, for Kirk Cousins this season. Anyway, what what else do you guys have? So we'll stay in the NFL and we will stay in the AFC East. The Bills have signed Ed Oliver to a new deal. Yeah, I, you know they they I think they've had to. Uh, the Bills defense has been great. Ed Oliver has been a really big part of that. Um. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, no, no surprise. I, I really don't have a lot to say. Like no, no, no bells and whistles for, I, I don't know if I would have clicked that by the way. It's not a, it's not, it's, it's not a headline that I would have clicked. Sorry. It's just not like, okay. Yeah. I, I expected that to happen. So, so player, oh, here we go. Player totals really quick. So passing yards, Aaron Rodgers. A little over four thousand. I want to see if um, if Kirk Cousins is here. Oh, here we go. So here we go. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I love the music. Kirk Cousins. How about this? So Kirk Cousins over under four thousand three hundred and seventy five and a half passing yards. Obviously, uh, that total is high uh, because Justin Jefferson is there. And again, they they added uh, Addison from USC. And now if they release Dalvin Cook, oh boy. That's a big number. Just to, just to give you an idea, Trevor Lawrence is 3,975. Um, Jalen Hurts is 3,750. So just to give you an idea, I mean, that's a really big number for Kirk Cousins. Under is minus 120. Over is even money. Just for poops and giggles, I'd probably go over there, especially if, if they do release uh, Dalvin Cook. I'd go over, over 4,375 and a half. It's a lot. Not going to lie. It's it's a lot. Might be the, it might be the highest. Hold on one second. Let me see if that's the highest passing yard total. No. Uh, Justin Herbert, 45-5. Um, Joe Burrow, 44-2. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 48. <laughs> so it's not the highest, but um, it's the third highest. It's up there. It's up there. You guys got one more before we uh, take a break? I do have one more, and it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's out of the ordinary. It's out of, it's different. Um, it's not sports-related. So I'll just okay. I'll throw it to you, and we'll see how it goes. Uh-oh. Bear destroys 60 cupcakes after breaking into bakery. Oh yeah, I'm clicking that, and I'm, and of course, immediately cooking bear comes to mind. Anyway, so this is from CNN. They did reach out to New Bedford Police for this information. A bear saw a bakery, 
ran into the bakery and actually no, a lady was um having like one of those um those carts that you put the 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 bakery stuff in, like the cupcakes, the breads right. and all that. And a bear just saw it and took a beeline for the cart and destroyed a bunch of cupcakes and quote a bunch of coconut cake. Now my question to you is Anita Marks. Uh oh. If you were a bear in this situation, what would you go after and destroy? Would it be like what kind of food would you go after and destroy? Would it be like I don't know, hummus? Would it be? <laughs> You're saying hummus because that's what I had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> would it be like uh, well, cakes? Listen, as as we know, bears love honey, so obviously it's it's got to be more sweet than savory. I know for me, I, I'm like a sucker for French fries. Like, I don't share my French fries. If you want French fries, order your own French fries. Don't touch my French fries. Uh, and and I dip my French fries in mayonnaise. I know a lot of people dip their French fries in ketchup. I don't. I dip my French fries in mayonnaise. Call me French. They are. French fries. Um, so, um, I, I, like, it doesn't surprise me that a, a bear would go after something sweet and and attack some kind of cup cupcake cart, considering they they prefer sweet over savory. It's I, I get it. I understand it. No bears were but harmed, for, by the way, in the in this event. <laughs> but for me, it, it, it would be watch out if there's like my favorite French fry is boardwalk fries. Have you guys ever had boardwalk fries? Do you even know what that is? Like just generic? No. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a franchise. Uh, it's, they're called boardwalk fries, and they're fries that are um, they're, they're fried in peanut oil, and when they come out, uh, you, you douse them with uh, vinegar, malt vinegar, and sea salt. Oh, these look very healthy. I, I could get these. down with these. I could totally get down with these. Oh, that that might be that might be my last meal. That might be my last supper if I I'm on like you know whatever. <laughs> if if <laughs> if I if if I'm if if I'm doing the the uh, the last walk of life and I get my last meal, I'd probably I'd probably I'd want like a big platter of boardwalk fries with a ton of malt vinegar and sea salt on top. It's probably how I'd roll. Gentlemen, thank you very much. I appreciate it. This is what's trending uh, at uh, 10:30 a.m. on this Sunday morning. We come back. Gorshinsky will join us to talk some hockey, getting you ready, recapping game four to game two on Monday night with Greg Gorshinsky next. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. 
With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Let's talk some hockey. Greg Wyshynski does a phenomenal job covering all things NHL when it comes to uh, ESPN uh, has his finger on the pulse uh, this entire Stanley Cup series. Joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Greg, kudos to you. You called it. You like the Golden Knights. I like the uh, the Panthers. Also really surprised here. I thought for sure, as we talked about, I, I thought the goal total would go under four and a half. Wasn't the case. Three goals scored in the third period. Uh, 76, I saw this today, 76% of those who win game one win the cup. It does not bode well for the Panthers. Your thoughts after game one. Yeah, but the Panthers have a funny way of subverting expectations, don't they? I mean, my goodness. <laughs> That's been their entire playoff run. Uh, I'll say this about Vegas in game one. That is the Vegas team that I saw against Dallas in the Western Conference Final. That's the Vegas team that made me pick them to win in six games. The depth, the physicality, the offense that's clicking, and getting enough goaltending uh, goal from Aiden Hill, in some cases spectacular goaltending, uh, to win games. And, you know, for the Panthers, again, I, as I said on Daily Wager, like, I'm more of a rust versus rest guy. I thought that that nine-day layoff between games was going to impact them. And while it didn't necessarily impact them off the start, you could definitely see in the second period and beyond that they were a little bit out of sync and couldn't really get to their game. And I think that layoff played a big role in it. Yeah, polar opposite, right, in, in regard to what we saw in the NBA finals and uh, no rust at all for the Denver Nuggets especially Jamal Murray but nonetheless different situation here in the (laughs) NHL Uh, you mentioned the physicality we saw Kachuk uh, frustrated got flustered somewhat this team uh, and uh, and and had to sit out for about 10 minutes Uh, do you anticipate the physicality that we saw in game one to continue throughout the series Completely. And the Kachuk thing was, was him just being Kachuk. You know, for all of the, the accolades that he's received for overtime goals and his swagger and, you know, people magazines writing stories about him, in his heart of hearts, he's basically Sean Avery. Like, he's basically just an agitator out there that's trying to goad people into things and send messages and things like that. And, and so I don't know if it was necessarily frustration, although his line didn't have a very good night. I, I think it was more like message sending for the next game. But as far as the physicality, absolutely, it's the way both of these teams play. And I'll give a shout-out to the Golden Knights' fourth line of Keegan Colasar, William Carrier, and Nick Waugh. Uh, that has been their best line in the last four or five games, and you can see how much trust their coach, Bruce Cassidy, puts in that line. They started the game last night. They played the majority of their minutes against Kachuk's line and did a pretty admirable job in, uh, in stopping them. In fact, Anita, that was only the second time in the entire postseason, that no one on Kachuk's line had a point at even strength. So that's the kind of number that the Golden Knights' uh, fourth line and, and company did on that, uh, that Panther scoring line last night. 
Again, Greg Wyshynski joining us here this morning on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, you mentioned the uh, goaltenders coming in. Uh, many people feel the reason why they are here, especially the, the Panthers, is goalie Bob uh, Brodsky, of course. Uh, but unfortunately, last night, 29 of 33, his second loss in 12 games. What went wrong for him giving up five goals last night? Well, some, uh, you know, I mean, obviously some, some power play time that was given to the Golden Knights was a, was a factor in a lot of this last night. Um, he also didn't get any luck on what was an amazing play by Mark Stone to knock the puck out of the air with his stick and then uh, immediately fire the puck over Bobrovsky, who was down at that point um, and didn't really have a chance on the goal. Um, I think he'll be fine. I, I, I'm not too worried about Bobrovsky. I thought that he definitely had moments last night where he was strong. Again, much like the rest of his team, I think it's probably going to take him a, a game, maybe a game and a half, to really find that rhythm again after the, the layoff. Um, but I still think that despite the, the way Aiden Hill played last night, that it's, it's still the biggest advantage in the series for the Panthers is the Bobrovsky versus Hill matchup. And, and I, I'm not, I'm, if they lose the series, I don't think it's going to be on Bob's back. Well, you know, you and I talked about, you know, who's going to win the MVP, um, you know, at, at the end of this series. Uh, I've got goalie Bob. I know you went in a different direction. If you if 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 you could pick one of these, and again, Hill had 30, uh, 34 shots, thirty two saves. Obviously, uh, played really really excellent excellent uh, hockey last night. If you could pick one of these guys based on what you've seen in the postseason, even though subpar performance in game one, would you still go with with goalie Bob over Hill if you had your choice of who you would pick as a goaltender in the series, Greg? Yeah, for, for MVP without question, because you have to remember, Hill only entered the playoffs in the middle of the second round. And so he's played really well. I still think there's a bias against him because he's been a career backup, and there's probably a thought of the team in front of him is, is really what's making it happen, even though I think he's played beyond that expectation. It's still people looking at Bobrovsky, and, and by people I mean the writers that vote for this thing, and saying the Panthers wouldn't be anywhere without his play in the second round, without his play in the third round, and without... Uh, a key save in Game Five against the Boston Bruins. Now, the other two, the other three guys that are very interesting. Real quick, Matthew Kachuk. Obviously, we talked about if if he can have a really strong game two, get them back in the series, have some more big moments. I still think that he's got the narrative to win the MVP. And then on the Golden Knights side, you have Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marchessault. They play on the same line. Marchessault goal in Game uh, One. Eichel had an assist, so you still have. You have Marcia so tied in, in goals for the team lead, and, and I think that uh, Eichel is now still a point ahead of him in points. But either one of those guys could be a really worthy candidate. And, and as I said on Daily Wager, keep in mind, Marcia so was an original, original Golden Knight, which is uh, a, an interesting storyline for the voters, and was tossed aside by these very Florida Panthers to become a Golden Knight in the expansion draft. So that's another really interesting story. It's huge. Uh, by the way, the Con Smythe, uh, those odds, um, Borowski still favored at 3-1, to one. Eichel at plus 330, Kachuk at p- plus 450, uh, just to give you an idea. So uh, Aiden Hill at 8-1. to one. Uh, Your thoughts on Shea Theodore? I was, I was reading, obviously, preparing for the show today, uh, 78% expected goal rate when he's on, on the ice at 5-on-5. Five five. I don't hear a lot of people talk about him. Yeah, because he's the other guy out there. The, uh, the thing about the Golden Knights that makes them such a, a, an interesting cup contender is they have that secret sauce that a lot of teams have. You think about those Tampa Bay teams. They had 
Victor Hedman, the big star defenseman, but they also had Ryan McDonough uh, as the guy who played like basically the other half of the game. Same deal in Vegas. They have Alex Petrangelo, you know, famous defenseman, won a cup with the Blues, bigger star than Shea Theodore, and he plays you know a lot of minutes. And then you have Theodore playing pretty much the other part of the game uh, for the most part. Uh, really good mobile defenseman, uh, and an original Golden Knight, much like a, a couple others on the team. And that goal last night, I mean, you know, not, not to throw it back to the New Jersey Devils days, but that was a Scott Niedermeyer-esque goal of just skating around the blue line, finding his spot and, and launching the puck um, and, and doing it with, with such fluidity. Uh, he's, a, he's a good, very good offensive player and uh, certainly can be a difference maker on both ends of the ice. All right. Uh, again, Greg Wyshynski joining us, the Puck Daddy here on 98.7 ESPN, looking ahead to uh, to Monday. The Puck drops yet again, 8, 10 p.m. Eastern time in Las Vegas. Uh, Las Vegas on the money line, minus 140. The Panthers on the money line, plus 120. Um, d- does Vegas take another one at home? But now that rust has now been worn down. I know that was a big reason why you were leaning towards Las Vegas. Uh, your thoughts on game two, Greg? I'll, I'll, I'm seeing, I got to break down the numbers a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Panthers counterpunch. You know, I, I think the game one wasn't scripted very well for them. On top of the layoff they had to deal with, they also had to be on the penalty kill a bunch. It, it, it really interrupted their ability to get to their 5-on-5 game. I think they're going to take what happened in game one, process it, figure out ways to maybe get better, high-quality chances against Aiden Hill. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we went back to Florida tied at one, but uh, i got to break down the numbers before I make an official pick. Should I play the under yet again at five and a half? <laughs> at your peril. Uh, no, I, 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 think, uh, I think that's probably a smart play. Again, game one was a little bit janky. Um, you had a team trying to find its footing, uh, a really raucous home crowd, uh, a goalie that really wasn't completely on his game. And we had a lot of special teams play. I mean, a shorthanded goal for the Panthers, and we saw what the Knights did on the power play. So when you, when you have a special teams play like that, you don't expect it necessarily to be a repeatable thing game to game. So from that aspect, I, I think the under might be the play. And looking big picture here in regards to the series, um, prior to last night's game, uh, you could have gotten the Florida Panthers to win the series at plus 110 right now because of a game one loss. And as I said, 96% of those who win game one win the Stanley Cup. Now those numbers, those odds at plus 180. Is this the time to jump on the Panthers? If if you no. are somebody who, if you believe that the Panthers are going to win this series, <laughs> is now the time? Yeah. I mean, if, if you are, yeah, because let's, let's face it, if they, if they split, those odds are only dropping, and, and right, this might be the, right. the richest you can get those odds at this point is to, is to fade the Knights with a one nothing series lead. But like I said to you, I, mean, I, I just think this is the Knights' time. I, it's a, they're a better, deeper team. They might be peaking at the right time. Things are really clicking for them. I mean, if you watched that game last night, they, they were definitely in control for, for really long stretches of that game. And when they're on their game, that's what they do. They did it in a couple of games against Dallas where they completely dominated. And uh, rare was the game for the Florida Panthers in this playoff where they, they looked as um, ineffective, let's call it, as they did last night. But again, let's, let's see what happens in game two. Let's see if game one was a product of the layoff, and then we'll have a better idea of, of what we're dealing with here. So, Greg, last thing before I let you go, I, I, I talked about this. We talked about this with my producers uh, when we started the show. Six years in existence, and now Las Vegas, second time in the finals. 
Can you can you imagine like the young young fans, young boys and girls <laughs> in Las Vegas? Like now, like this has become like oh, this is what happens, right? Like this is like the expectation. Can you imagine? Like what? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it happened after year one. I mean, imagine being a Vegas fan in your first year as a hockey fan to make the Stanley Cup final. They're like, oh, this is great. This is what's happened all the time, and it almost yeah. does for them. Their yeah, owner, and, and now Bill they're back Foley, in it. Went, yeah, their owner Bill Foley, when he got, when he bought the team, he had a plan. He, he announced his plan: playoffs in three, cup in six. They played for the cup and made the playoffs in their first year, and now they might actually win the cup in their sixth year of existence. So. Talking about calling your shot, uh, and again, being a Vegas fan, it's not without some heartache. They definitely had some playoff heartache along the way, but they also had this great foundation of a team. You know, there's five or six players from that expansion team that are still on the roster, and the investment the Golden Knights have made in hockey in that town. Vegas is a hockey town. Like you look around and you see how many people are wearing Raiders gear versus how many people are rocking Golden Knights gear out in like the suburbs and stuff, and it's no comparison. Vegas. The Golden Knights are Vegas' team right now. Good stuff as always, Greg. So appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday fun day. Anytime. Thanks for having me. You got it. Greg Wyshynski does such a phenomenal job, all things hockey, at ESPN. Uh, so again, uh, right now, uh, on the money line, the Panthers, if you believe that they're going to even up the series, plus 120. Vegas to win yet again and take a 2-0 lead is minus 140. The over-under puck total is 5.5. Like I said, I played the under last night. It was looking good, obviously, until the third period. Uh, and then that, that just went to hell in a handbag. Um, uh, looking big picture here in regard to uh, the, the futures um, or the series. Hold on one second. I had it up. Here we go. Uh, series, that's player props. Uh, playoff series. Uh, if you believe the Florida Panthers are going to win this series still, even though they're down 1-0, only a 24% chance of doing so based on the trends, plus 180. Uh, this is interesting, though. The series spreads. Okay, you can get the Panthers plus 1.5 at minus one, 110. That might be the play. That just might be the play. The Florida Panthers plus 1.5 games in this series at minus 110. Anita Marks with you. We just heard from Greg Wyshynski. Quick break. We'll take your calls. 800-919-3776. Uh, we're going to be kicking off hour number three soon. We'll hear from young Ohm, young Minsook, uh, giving us an update in regard to the Denver Nuggets and, uh, and a lot more. Still coming your way. Anita Marks with you. 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Heading to a play this afternoon in New Brunswick, 
Uh, it's called Star Child and um, at the Crossroads Theater. And it's about uh, Debbie Walker, who was um, uh, Beyonce's lead bass player. So uh, Divinity Rocks. So uh, really, really, I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, it's a, it's a one-woman show, and, um, and I'm heading out there today to watch it later on this afternoon. I, I, I think showtime is at 3 o'clock. I, I hear fen- phenomenal things about it. I uh, love to see stuff off-Broadway. You never know when you're going to catch lightning in a bottle. So it's called, again, Star Child, uh, Divinity Rocks, and her storyline, uh, Beyonce's lead bass player. So that's what I'm doing this afternoon, gentlemen, as opposed to playing pickleball or going to play golf. What do you got? What are, what are you guys doing today after the show? After the show, I'm going to going home, take a quick shower, hop back on the train, and uh, go into the Logic concert at uh, right near MSG tonight. So that's gonna be fun. Wait, what? What concert? Who are you seeing? Logic, the rapper. He Ooh. met. He met Logic. Like they're gonna talk about like TED talks. They're gonna talk about some logical things. Mm-hmm. Bra- brainstorm. Yeah. That's fun, Joe. What about you, Harvey? What are you? What, what are your plans for the Sunday fun day? Well, I'm going home, um, pet my dogs and cats, and call it a day. Oh. I I don't see the need to go out. You had you had me a dog. You had me a dog. You don't like cats? It's not that I don't like cats. But I just I, here's I I just don't understand. I, I I don't. I I you know there's very few cats that you can pet that don't scratch or bite you there's very few cats that cougar meow yeah exactly there's very few cats want to be pet and then and then and then you reach a level where if they get too stimulated then they bite you i I don't get it you know all my dogs are just lovers like all they want to do is love you and kiss you and hug you and sit on your lap and cuddle and snuggle and noom, 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 noom. I, I don't I, like I'd be terrified to have an animal in my house that bites or scratches me. You're looking what's, for a nice lap tell me, cat. What, tell me what, what's what's the point of that, Harvey? What is d- let me. OK, well, let me let's let's rewind. Does has does your cat scratch or bite you? Of course. Okay. What? Well, okay. That's what's love. The point? Like, why? Like, what? Like, why would you want that in your home? That's love. What do you mean? Why would I want that in my home? What? How is it love having an animal in your home that scratches or b- that draws blood? That draw like like I'd be terrified. Because that means so, they don't. Sometimes I'll go like I'll visit friends and like their cats will like, you know, like hunt me down. Like they're playing. Right, like, no, like I'm not talking about cat. Like, you know, obviously, you know, you've got a cat that hisses. You know, that's a that's that's like there's an issue there, right? That's a that's a that's a that's a cat with issues, mm. right? That's a cat that's got like evil stuff happening. Sure. But but cats think for fun, like, oh, let me hunt you down and let me, you know, claw at your leg and don't pet me too much. If I get over overstimulated, I'm gonna bite your hand. Like, why? Why why have that? Why I I don't. So then why adopt pets? Is that fun for you? Is that fun for you? That you're going to be scratched or bit by an animal in your home? Aren't you, are you scared that it's going to like attack you at night while you're sleeping? I'd be terrified to sleep at night. No, they don't sleep. They don't attack me at night. There are cats that do attack people at night. That does happen. Well, that's not, they got to do a better job. My cats don't attack me at night. They got to do a better job? Yeah. Okay. 
My cat, one of my cats lays on me when, when I'm sleeping. Sign of affection. But you just, <laughs> but you just said to me, your cat bites and scratches you on occasion. Well, I, ha I have more than one cat, so that's the thing. Not all cats are cool with me. <laughs> but I love I them all. I just don't. I, I don't I don't get it. Oh oh no it's it's not and then and then I get this I get this. Oh he or she they're not mean. They just got overstimulated. I warn everybody. So they bit me because they're overstimulated. I don't go I don't go with that reasoning. I don't think that plays much into it at all. Overstimulated. No no it, that that's a thing. That I, that I is know a, thing. a thing. No I've done re oh trust me I've done research on this. I, I I'm fascinated. Do me a favor for the before the year's over <laughs> adopt a cat would you? Go ahead. Adopt a tabby cat or white cat, short hair, long hair. Go ahead. The dog needs a friend. Adopt the cat. I have three dogs. They have they have they have two friends. Each have two friends, two what's family a, members. They're what's a another? pack. What's another gonna do? Only makes them more expensive. That's it. <laughs> I'd be so my 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 smallest dog is only three pounds. I'd be terrified that if I brought a cat in the home, that the cat would mistaken, Sookie as a rat and I, I might wake up one morning with a peace offering next to my bed um, I don't know about I don't think that would go that far why that's what they do they go outside they kill a rat they bring the rat back home they lay it in front of your sliding glass door and you know here you go I know, I know you live in Hoboken but what's the size of a you know a Hoboken rat nowadays I don't think it's three pounds I, we don't have rats in Hoboken that's a New York thing oh wow blue 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 <laughs> you went there. No, I think the first week, the first week <laughs> to a month is, is usually the toughest because they're trying to get to know each other. But after that, it's all good. It's all gravy. Just gonna give it you time. Mean, you mean you mean me integrating, integrating my dogs with the cat? Yeah, and you as well integrating with the cat. <laughs> I. But I once just, once I the don't... cat headbutts you, it's all good. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. So so explain that to me because yes. Uh, that's that's a good thing right like when when the cat like it, it marks you yeah right? well, like when, when you walk when you when i walk in it'll br it'll immediately come over to me and it'll brush up on me that's it'll a good thing put its, right yeah. it'll want to put its scent on me and then when i sit down on the couch it comes over it leans its head i put my head in we we head butt all that's good yeah, but yeah. i can't I, but i can't pet i you can't can pet? pet the cat you can pet the cat no you're harvey you're not hearing me if they bite at, at some point they might like it at first but at some point the cat is going to bite me if it gets overstimulated not in a mean way but like a oh i'm done like we gotta hit a break soon but i'll, I'll just say this um call in 1-800-919-3776 am i wrong is anita is anita a bit too nervous of the cat. Am I being am I being a drama queen when it comes to cats? That's a bit. I don't. This is what I've experienced. That's a bit. I'm strong. not a cat person. I'm a dog person. But this is. I just don't get it. My dogs are lovey, lovey, lovey. They want to love on you. They'll never bite. My dogs never. They've never bitten anyone. No one. They wouldn't think of biting me or anybody in my house. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I would love to hear from people. 800-919-3776. We come back, we'll hear from Om Young-Mansuk as well. Get an update on what's going on with the Denver Nuggets as we get ready for game two. Um, and we'll kick off hour number three, really hour number four, if you started listening to us uh, bright and early for our golf show, right here on 90.7 ESPN. Now all cats are cool with me. <laughs>